0: Today, we're talking with elite triathlete Felicity Joyce about the mindset behind overcoming injury when you're in the midst of training and racing. Hi, I'm Dr. Christopher Segler, and thanks for tuning in to the Doc on the Run podcast, where we help you understand how to keep training and running, even if you've been injured. Okay, today on Doc on the Run podcast, we're talking with pro triathlete and Team Timex member Felicity Joyce. Felicity is a well-known endurance athlete from Australia, and she's currently living in training in California, And she first made a name for herself in the endurance arena back in her early 20s when she became the youngest female to win the Australian National 24-Hour Track Championships clocking up over 100 miles. She also earned the Young Australia Rising Star Award from Athletics Australia and Sports Person of the Year. So Felicity is not only a phenomenal athlete, she's also somewhat familiar with injuries so in her early in her career she actually had a terrible bike crash and a handlebar went through her knee and a pedal went through her foot and that left her almost crippled at the time unable to walk for weeks you know with a fractured leg yet she was still able to place in the top 10 in half Ironman and Ironman races in 2011 and 2012 and she qualified for the world championships uh, in the 73 Ironman championships in Then in August 2012, she won at her age group and she qualified for Kona at Ironman Louisville, which is not an easy race. And uh, during all this stuff, of course, she has like most hard-charging athletes. She's been studying full-time toward a sports psychology degree and she's currently coaching uh, lots of different athletes and, and training as well. So Felicity, welcome, uh, thanks for being here, and maybe you can just give everybody a little additional background on you, your athletic history, and um, what you're doing currently.
1: Okay, thanks for having me. Um, as you've gone over, I've uh, gone through the ultra-running career, and then I've uh, ventured into triathlon, which was a was a quick rise through that. I played school sports at a competitive level, um, captained a number of teams to... Uh, championships in Australia um, before I got into the individual sports. uh, I've done my fair share of injuries uh, throughout the sports um, but always seem to manage to come back that little bit stronger and uh, take something away from each and every one of them. Now I've moved into the coaching. I studied exercise science in Australia so uh, that's my passion is to uh, help make others better and the best better than what they could be um, so really um, right now I'm, I'm working with a number of individual athletes anywhere from doing their first triathlon to uh, competing at Kona next month so um, it's a great variety um, and it also allows me to to see the psychology that is behind the scenes working with individuals and and how each one ticks very differently and and what motivates them to be their best so that's that's the part i really enjoy about the coaching side of things as well great so yeah i mean in fact even this last weekend at uh santa cruz i think you had um one of your athletes even qualified for worlds right that's correct uh tom he is only his second half half iron man and uh he he was up there in the top 10 overall wow. and going to world championships and he said a big bit of all he wanted all he did was uh think that every person in front of him was me, and he wanted to chase them down so, <laughs> so so whatever makes him tick, I said that's cool if that made you get that result but yeah, and that was a very emotional moment because um you know, I could tell he left everything out there, and you know when he saw me, I saw him like kicking his step and he picked up the speed and you know just being on someone's journey like that is is amazing and it meant the world to him so great performance there and I had 12 first timers um finish their first Ironman competition so that was just to see their faces and uh and how far they've come over the last three months was um uh, was very lifting although I'm on crutches I mean it's things like that um is help you work, get through those things.
0: great thanks yeah So in terms of injuries, like you said, you're on crutches now. So I know that, um, you know, you've had, of course, every athlete gets injuries, right? And we Mm -hmm. hear this statistic that 85% of runners get injured every year. I personally don't believe that that's actually true. Mm -hmm. Um, 85% of runners that I know personally don't get injured every year, but certainly everybody gets injured sooner or later. Mm -hmm. We all make mistakes. We all maybe overtrain. We all have accidents. You know, you can step in a pothole. Mm -hmm. You can crash your bike. A car can pull out in front of you. All that kind of stuff happens, so everybody gets injured, but you know it seemed like last year your year was really off to a great start after having had some previous setbacks and then after this awesome start, you had like a huge setback. Can you just tell us a little bit about what that was like
1: yeah, I mean it was probably the hardest setback I've had in my career to be honest um, the previous year i'd had a, a i'd just come back from a fracture and then I had found my strongest and uh, then I June last year I was uh, in a bike accident which I had no control over and ended up with uh, a broken clavicle in multiple pieces and a broken elbow and, you know, off to surgery and, and right then at that moment I thought I was at my peak. Um, so that one was hard enough and then it took a lot of work to get back from that. Um, the surgery was not... St- Textbook style. There's a lot going on in there, um, but and had a lot of time off, and then working back from scratch, basically um, all the way back. And then yeah, towards the start of the year, we started to turn some really big corners and uh, find find a fitness level I didn't even know I had in me. Actually, we we had just hit that whole new level. Uh, things were clicking. It was exciting. It was like, oh, that was what all this has been for—is for this moment now. We're working towards a comeback uh, race with the Iron, Man, Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um It was on my birthday. It was a local crowd. So it just seemed perfect for that comeback race. And so we worked super hard. We had some good little wins in some shorter distances leading up to it. And everything was just feeling good. Um, I was enjoying feeling sore, the good sore, not injury sore. And uh, just really giving it my all for that day and... Um, and then, yeah, I, I got this major setback right wow. before
0: it. Yeah. so that's one of the things I wanted to talk with you about, mm-hmm. because obviously with you know the sports psychology, you know mm-hmm. idea that you really do understand this. you understand right. how to coach athletes, um, mm-hmm. you know, you've been coached yourself, obviously. Right. and you know, a lot goes into that. So mm-hmm. it's not just fitness, it's not just drive, it's not just motivation, it's emotion, right, right? that really goes into this. And so I think that's one of the big things that physicians, are not taught and frequently miss in treating athletes is the emotional component of this and trying to, you know, not just understand emotion and how it motivates you, but how it can also affect you in recovery. And and doctors really don't talk about that stuff at all. And we know that athletes are not machines. They're biological systems Mm -hmm. and those biological systems are affected by the hormones and everything that changes with all these emotions. And so, Um, We know that emotions, you know, on a physiologic process, they can be influenced, right? And they can change based on all the emotion that goes into this. But, you know, so what did you do? Like, how was it that you could work through this? Because obviously that's a difficult thing to deal with when you're prepared for this whole return. Mm -hmm. And then it's basically taken away from you. So how did you work through that?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I even in my later stages of the training when we were peaking for the build, I would you know, visualize my coach, my friends, everyone out in that line. And I was, I was all set for this magical comeback because everything felt so amazing. And then for the day before the race, we get our MRI results and the doctors like, sit down, I need to tell you. And so going from expectations of like that to being sat down in a chair and being told, Hey, you're not racing your dream race tomorrow was, um, and like the hair on my neck's just standing up right now. But, uh, it was, uh, it was devastating. It was devastating. Um, it was hard to accept at first. Um, I think I didn't want to accept it. I was like, I was going to race this race no matter what. And, um, but then I sat in my car, and I think I cried for a couple of hours. <laughs> um, I didn't talk to anyone. I, you know, um, It really took a while to settle in, um, and that's okay. I think it's okay to feel because that just means that you care. Honestly, it's okay to have a moment, and it's quite healthy too as well. Um, but then you know what? The race was the next day. And I had a lot of friends and a lot of athletes I coach racing. I should have been out there with them and it was hard to watch, but it was the best thing I could have ever done was to go up there and support them in that race. Um, it, you know, I left that day feeling like I had purpose on that day. You know, I, I'd help people chase their dreams, although it wasn't mine. Um, and so that really kick-started the recovery straight away. I'm, You know, the next day I was so glad I just went up there and was there for everyone else. Um, and, and it just showed that there was other purposes rather than me winning that race or, or doing well in that race. So um, from then on, um, it took a couple of weeks of, oh, like, very much overthinking things a little bit, um, you know, keep on um, bringing back where I was at in my training and and, and keep on thinking what the day could have bring, brought. Um, but then once I accepted things, things changed. Things changed. It was all about accepting where we were now. Um, I surrounded myself with with a good team, which I think is important. It's always helped me back. Um, I have my mentor in Meredith Kessler. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been a great... Um, sidekick to help me get through these injuries my coach my doctor my PT and the best thing about having that team is they all they think about is what's next it's never about oh we're out or anything else it's right okay so we're here what do we do now And, and what what can we do now and so so that starts the ball rolling into changing the mindset into oh my god like I've lost everything into Okay, how do we get from A to B? And I think having a plan, having a team, and and that gets away um, helps you motivate to move forward rather than just stay um, depressed. It can happen. Depress um, depression is is huge, and I think especially when you invest so much into it, it's your everything. Like, um, and you work so hard for it that. that you know, it it is a, a huge blow when something like this happens. So it's important to surround yourself with people that can lift you and, and keep you moving forward rather than just stagnant for, for any amount of time. Because right. the longer that is, the harder it is and the more the mind thinks and the more you get in that negative stage. So it's how can you turn it into a positive um, mental attitude as quick as you can yeah. and, and you know and, and for me it's writing out a plan seeing where we're going to be in a couple of months um what I can do this week to lead to that next week and doing the little things but it's definitely and I'm not gonna I'm gonna be honest in saying that it's a it's a very hard mental uh path for anyone that's gone from peaking to to on crutches or or in surgery or anything like that it's a huge Huge battle um with the mind mostly than anything. So yeah, Yeah, it's not easy. I mean, but that's just it, right? So these things happen. It happens in all aspects Mm -hmm. of
0: life. You know, some things are really not that big of a deal. Some things are a big Mm -hmm. deal. And you know, non-athletic people don't really understand. They say, Mm -hmm. Well, okay, you didn't get to race on your birthday. Right. You know, well, it's not really what that means. That means something else to you. You know, it means something else to people that really put this amount of effort into it because You know, it's the same thing. Like we visualize these things, right? So, Mm. you know, all the races I've trained for, I'm visualizing exactly what my goal is, how I'm going to accomplish it, what it's going to be like on race day. And when you train for Ironman, that leaves you a lot of time to train and think about this thing. So you had probably, I would imagine, had visualized how that day was going to go for hundreds of hours and then it didn't go that way. So it's not yeah. like you showed up and they were out of some particular thing at the grocery store. This is a different <laughs> thing altogether.
1: Yeah, right. Literally. Um, and and for me also personally, coming back from my, my previous crash, uh, a lot of me wanted to be out there and wanted to show my team who had got me my doctors that understood, my coach that understood, my mentors, my friends that stood by me through thick and thin because they're the ones that really, really help. Um, For me, getting back there and showing them an amazing race would have been like it was all worth it. Thank Mm you. Thank you for staying with me because this is what we got to. This was the result of it. So when that didn't happen, of course, I also felt – Oh, I'm letting down the team. Like, I'm letting down everyone's invested so much time for me to get to this place, and now I can't deliver. So, there was a lot of weight on my shoulders. Um, because obviously you want to you want, you want to give back to those people that stood right. by me. So that was another mental thing I really struggled with that I wasn't able to deliver after they stood by me all this time. You know, to get me to that stage because it's not really just an individual sport. No. Um, there's a lot of people, even your your family, sacrifice a lot of for you to get there. And and so um, definitely there's that aspect. And and then you get the injury, and then you realize people are there for you because you're you, not because you're a great triathlete. And that in itself um, is something you can grab. And for me, I didn't realize how much support I had until the injury happened, and and it happened again. And I'm like, okay, once, fair enough, everyone's, you know, very caring and everything, but again – you know how many people are really going to be there? I mean, they've heard this before, right? So, but but you know, what there was even more. There was even more support, and you're like, wow, like this is this means you're doing something right in life. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so the, so that was a good takeaway for me that okay, I didn't have my race, but because of that, I realised I had so many people that you know. That were part of my journey that yeah. that didn't matter if I won that race or not yeah. so 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 that was one of the takeaways from it, but definitely it's it's a hard path and and it's redirecting those thoughts um, just to be grateful for other things and and redirect it on okay it's gone but but now that 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 race will pass, but now you've got to just how do you get from A to B and get back as quick as you can yeah
0: but like you said i mean um you were able to you know you so yeah you have this sort of it i would imagine some of the same things that people go through like the stages of grief you know there's anger and you know denial and you right. go through these things and finally get to this point of acceptance and then you start moving forward mm-hmm. so you went through all that and then you were able though to to do what's necessary. So this is like key for any athlete it's this yes. whole mindset. You have to yes. realize, okay, well, you know, if you go to Mexico and drink the water before Ironman Cozumel, your day's not going to go the way you planned. <laughs> exactly. You have to be able to redirect. And most athletes have sort of a plan that they have wanted mm. and planned on, but then they also have a plan for, well, if it rains and I don't ride as fast in the rain or if it's windy and I don't ride as fast in the yeah. wind, what am I going to do then? This is the Doc on the Run podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. What's a virtual doctor visit?
1: The idea of not
0: running at all while waiting for my foot to heal was simply depressing.
1: I really needed a second opinion from an expert, someone who specializes in helping runners.
0: But frankly, I just couldn't afford the cost of a house call.
1: I saved enough money to pay for my next marathon registration.
0: You will have an appointment with Dr. Segler, whether it's via Skype or on the phone. You can expect, one, he's going to be on time. Two, he's going to be able to spend more time with you than the typical uh, visit in a doctor's office. And both of those are going to result in more effective diagnosis and treatment plan for you. on, But then they also have a plan for, well, if it rains and I don't ride as fast in the rain or if it's windy and I don't ride as fast in the yeah. wind, what am I going to do then? Yeah. Because you can't just assume, well, I'm going to go five hours on the bike. Right. You, know, you have to have a plan B and realize everybody else is having their own race and they're doing their own thing. And they probably are not on plan A if I'm on plan B, but it's all mindset, right? So, and the same thing is for recovery. Like you can't start to get better until you know you have a problem and have to fix it. Right. So you have to shift your mindset and the same way you have to shift in a race, don't you? When you get injured,
1: have to shift your mindset to just focusing on the recovery. It is. And it's all about, for me, I had to switch off from everyone else's journey. I had to zoom in on mine. Because once I saw what everyone else is doing, mentally it's like, I want to be doing that. I should be out there doing that with – because in this community, most of our friends are athletes. Right. And we, we see them doing it, and so mentally you're stuck in bed or whatever, and they're all out doing their weekend ride, and you're just like, like I want to do that. I should be out there. It's, it's not fair. you know. All those things go through your head, but once you dial in – and just focus on your journey and it's so important in the raw stages because it, it gets out those negatives of what you could be doing and to what you should be doing and then it's really about the celebrating the little victories like getting my arm over my head became right. became <laughs> remember that that was like <laughs> the biggest day of my life I felt like I just won an then and and I, I posted a picture of me winning the Ironman. It happened on the exact day that I got, was able to lift my arm over my head. But on those two days, it felt just as right. a big of an achievement. And it's because I focused on being better than the day before or, right. or being better than the week before in that injury. And I think rather than comparing it to when I won that Ironman. And so I think it's comparing... Um, Small progresses, like the progress is so important to celebrate that and share it, share it with people because you don't know who you're inspiring. I mean, I've got that many more emails and, and messages from people that have followed my recovery, that have followed my Ironman win. It was it was like there's other people out there struggling with this stuff. And, and you staying positive through it can inspire them. Okay, they saw my crutches at the pool. All right, I'm going to go to the pool at lunch because I really should swim. And she's there with her crutches. I'm going to go with theirs. So I think um, getting that mindset around, you know, staying focused in your journey, not others, and and also celebrating little victories um, where you are, not where you were. And and, and it, it adds up and it gets you there. But definitely um, you have to do the little things. You have to do the little things every single day, whether that's a toe touch or trying to lift your arm over your head. Um, it Doing the little things lead to the big things. And I've always got back so much faster and um, back to my full self um, and even stronger by, by doing that rather than waiting to – I'm fully recovered, and then okay. Well, I'm fit now. I'll start working. Um, I'm okay to train. I'll I'll start. But um, but the mental of that's hard also because it's not your sweat session. It's not your anything. But but knowing that it'll lead to something, um, and just celebrating the small progresses keeps you motivated to do that.
0: That's a common thing with athletes, so to sort of like want to look your best, right? Yeah, and to like not even want to go out and with a group ride mm-hmm. until you're able to go as fast as you were before. When I raced motorcycles, I actually many times several times a year, I would go to Central Texas and rent this racetrack by myself mm-hmm. so I could practice by myself for the entire day, so I'd be prepared to look as good as I wanted to look when the season started. yeah, and you know you can't afford to do that mm-hmm. as an injured athlete because the season is moving, and everybody yes. is going through their own progression and you can't like, expect your position on that progression to be equal with people you used to train with or you're used to training with. You, know? you just can't, right? So you have to be prepared to shift that when you have to.
1: Yeah, you definitely have to shift the mindset and, and be on your own, own path until, until you can get there. And then comes the next stage when you are back training and everything seems so tough. Not because you 're injured, but because you have been injured and you have to work back through and it 's the mindset of "Am I ever going to get back to where I were where you were and it's that parts a whole new belt game after the injury right. stage of the rehab um, but you know it's 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 again focusing on progressing where you are and and having goals like sign up having a race in the distance that you 're working for, knowing this thing will lead to the next and 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 if you really want something, you'll do it, and yeah, exactly. and it'll get there. And um, and to tell you the truth, when I was peaking for Vine Man, um, often when I was doing my hard workouts, I had so much things to look back, hard times through through mm-hmm. coming back from from the previous injury that actually got me through the workouts. It was, I was just so grateful to be out there while everyone else was like, oh, I can't wait till this Iron Man builds over. And I was just like, you know, in love with it. And and some of the heart, it leaves you, also when you race, you, you're you more grateful. You've got things to think back on. And, um, and I think that's where the mindset, um, science can take you so far with training, but, having things to draw on that you've been through and experienced, yeah. I mean, that can just take you to a whole new level. Yeah, so. That's great. Um, so during these
0: episodes when you've gotten these mm-hmm. injuries, like what did you do? Because I know that rest is probably the most underutilized resource for every triathlete and particularly long-distance endurance athletes because, you know, there's so much to do. There's so much to train yeah. for. And so – I mean, the, the fastest Ironman I ever had was after I got sick, right. which is like classic. You know, you read about right. these things all the time where somebody gets you know really sick, and then they have their fastest race ever right. when they don't even know if they're going to start because they finally had some rest because it was forced. Right. And you know, we're not great at that, right? So, like, how did what did you do? Like, how is it? I guess in some ways with an injury, it can be easier because you're forced to rest. If you're in a hospital bed and you just had surgery, you're really not going to be doing a lot of workouts, you know. But it's tough to
1: rest, right? Right. It's so tough. And I, I to be honest, I find it the toughest. I am not a good rester at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am usually going 24-7. Um But that was one of the things we changed in this Ironman build back after the previous injury was incorporating more rest and Mm -hmm. the results were phenomenal. Like just the the performance and and the the next level that I got to I think was due to trying to get a better night's sleep, trying to declutter, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing, and give me more time to recover. But rest after injury, it's a little harder than people think. People think, oh, you're in bed all day, you're resting – but if you're in pain, that's not true rest. It's not rest. So no. yeah, so I struggled with that a little bit because one, I couldn't do too much. Plus, I didn't feel rested. Right. I didn't feel like because I was, you know, in pain or or whatnot. Um, and and your mind's also not rested because you feel like you should be out there training or right. whatever. So so rest was um, but I knew how important it was after I hadn't done it in one of my other uh, injuries. And then I did do it, and 10 weeks later we come back and on one Kentucky. But to incorporate more rest, you know, usually I'm at 5.30 in the pool with my mates at the right. pool doing the thing. So instead of that, I would try and sleep in, go to my, my gym pool later okay. in the day, do my pool workout because I can't kick. Mm-hmm. Um, and so definitely just taking yourself out of that have-to Right. Uh, for a little while. Okay. I, there's no reason I had to be at the five thirty pool session. Right. Okay. I could go to my gym at noon and, and do, uh, you know, my workout at lunch mm-hmm. and, and just trying to get more sleep that way. Trying not to feel my days 24 seven running around, you know, taking more time to just come back and relax and chill and try and take a nap. I'm really bad at naps. I cannot take naps, but it's good. But, um, trying to get to bed earlier, um, I think you don't think you need as much rest because you're not doing as much, but your body really needs it. Dealing with injury um, can make you really tired. So so definitely sleep, sleep, sleep as much as possible. But I think the shift in training as well, even though you can do some things sometimes, you don't have to do them at 5am in the morning when you're injured. You can You can sleep in. And as triathletes, that's hard for us. We used to schedule, schedule, schedule. You know, I'm always at that swim, though. Yeah, but you're injured. Sleep in. Mm -hmm. Go, Go at noon. And it's not as motivating, but until you get around to that stage... Then, you, then it's exciting to get back to it. But definitely shifting the schedule helped a little yeah. bit. So. Did you do anything to shift your nutrition as well, or was it pretty much the same? Yeah. Or what did, what did you change, if anything? I think, if anything, um, I learned from some previous injuries that you need to keep up enough for healing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us are type A, and we're like, all right, I'm not training. I'm not going to eat too much. I don't want to like balloon up yeah. or whatever. And we get that mindset. And what I've learned is that... It, Healing takes a lot of nutrition to, to get you back quick. Right. You know, If you skimp on that, it's going to take even longer. Right. The quicker you can get back to your A-game, the quicker you can really get back to your fitness and in shape. Right. If you fluff it because your injury takes too long because you didn't have the right nutrition, it's going to take even longer to get back in shape. So just do it right from the start. Make sure you're having enough calories, like a bit more protein, not as much carbs. Um, I actually use bone broth mm-hmm. um, make a ton of bone broth soup just because it's so good for you and uh, especially with the healing of bones and and other um, other injuries um, hydrating a ton even though we're not training you can never go wrong there and and trying to eat pretty clean because even though we're not training sometimes people can fall right off the ball like exactly even, what like, they do <laughs> they, you either like how do you eat a salad when you're training eight hours a day and then you're not training and you just eat whatever you, and like you're either switched on or you switched off but i think if the more you can stay more switched on and and not let it go too much because you want to keep the inflammatory down and and good food is healing food, so the more healing environment you can get. But it's hard. It's harder than when you're training hard and focused. So, so you see a lot of people fall off the ball there. And I think um, the more clean food you can have, it, it really helps the healing. Yeah. I
0: see a lot of athletes that they do exactly what you said. It's one of two things. They either say, well, you know, I'm not training. I'm not burning the calories. I need to cut back on the sugar and the total caloric intake so I don't just balloon up while I'm yeah. sitting here on the couch. Or they do the exact opposite where they say, what difference does it make? I'm not training now. I could be able to eat whatever I want, like the off season, you know, and it's not complicated, right? Like you have to have these nutrients to rebuild any kind of tissue. Mm-hmm. And like our, as an analogy, I remember um, a friend of mine who was a construction worker. He was working, he um, was building a, a residential home, right? He was mm-hmm. building a house. And so, you know, and he said, well, we're behind schedule. So why are you behind schedule? So we're waiting on sand. what do you mean you're waiting on sand? And he said, well, we have to lay the foundation. We're literally waiting on sand. Mm -hmm. And so we have to have the sand before we can have the foundation. We've already got all the other materials there. We've got, you know, piles and piles. You know, all these pallets of wood were delivered already. Um, All the guys that are supposed to be framing the house are all waiting on sand. Mm -hmm. And you don't want your body waiting on sand, right? Like, so if you don't have whatever nutrient it is that your body needs to rebuild that Mm -hmm. tissue, you're waiting. And you're going to wait and wait until you get it. You can't. Mm -hmm make it appear miraculously and your body is not going to rebuild broken bones or torn Mm -hmm. tendons or muscle strains or anything else eating pizza and potato chips you know it's going to work a lot faster if you give it the proper nutrients there's just no two ways about that so it's so fascinating though because i think it's true like you know as athletes we're sort of told okay well look the season's over you have an off season try to like not wear your heart rate monitor Mm -hmm. for one day you know and we don't want to do that so then like we take the opposite approach and it's like so polar sometimes yeah. you know but yeah. it's very difficult to not do yeah, so no definitely i know it's tough but it's like when you finally on on these episodes where you've been injured and you're getting back to recovery one thing i really like to understand how, what your approach is 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 this idea of strengthening and returning to activity because i do know like i have seen you do this and i know that you Have done some really creative things and you've been deliberate about making sure that when the doctor says go you're ready to go and most doctors i've had this happen to me after a knee surgery the doctor said well just use pain as your guide Mm -hmm. and i I still remember that was over 20 years ago i still remember that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard like because if anything that i'm doing that i consider training isn't painful (laughs) i'm not doing it correctly you know i'm not trying hard enough And so I thought, well, what does that mean? Like, the only time I'm not in pain is when I'm asleep. Right. So I didn't understand that. And and I think so many doctors who even treat athletes will say, well, you know, just go walk, run or something. They they have no idea of what to tell you to do. But you need to be deliberate because Mm -hmm. if you have one particular, you know, a broken leg, a broken foot, Mm -hmm. a collarbone, whatever – You know, you have to strengthen everything else. So if you're going to start swimming and you broke your collarbone, but your other arm is already really strong Mm -hmm. and your legs are really strong, it's a lot easier to bring that gimpy arm along. right? And so that's the thing. Like, how do you do that? Like, what have you done? What, you know, what would you tell your athletes if they get injured? I
1: definitely, you know, my focus has always been on what we can do, Mm -hmm. not what we can't do. Don't even think about what you can't do. All right, you've got your arms. Let's go. Right. Okay. So it's always been every day I'm every day right now I'm on crutches, so I'm I'm in the pool pulling. I'm at at PT doing core work and an upper body strength to keep working on my clavicle mm-hmm. and and to keep that balance. But i 've always been able to when the doctor gives me the next step, be able to take that in full stride, right, right? so the, you can either let yourself go and just wait and wait, and then you 're going to be starting from when he says okay you 're completely healed and and then that that could be another two or three months of rebuilding the whole system oh, Whereas, least, yeah. yeah so so i 've always come back stronger by focusing on what you can do and i and I give my athletes as well i mean i 've had two come back from hip surgeries, you know, one from a spine injury, um, two stress fractures in the foot that have come to me, and we've got back strong, but they didn't sit around and wait for it to get healed. Right. I mean, there's plenty you can do, and some people might be conservative and say um, that you shouldn't do, do anything, but if you've got a broken foot, there's no reason you can't do um, anything with the upper body. So. Well, it's
0: true, and so if you think about the way the doctors sort of seem to teach this Mm -hmm. they want us to say okay well if you rest you recover and they think that they're mutually exclusive Mm -hmm. but if that were true and you went and did a you know a six hour ride Mm -hmm. on saturday well you couldn't do anything else for several days because it would take several days for you to actually recover those muscle groups that have been worked the hardest but the fact is is you can do something the next day and still recover those other parts your body can do two things at once just can't do too much so obviously right. you know if you're rebuilding a collarbone mm-hmm. you know you really can't run 20 miles a day and expect to rebuild all of the little tissue damage you've deliberately caused with your run Correct. and the big trauma that you are trying to recover from you can't do both those but there is a balance right yeah
1: there's definitely a balance and and it also helps motivate the athlete and and it helped myself as well and and my other athletes by focusing on what we can do mentally as well i mean Doing something and seeing you progressing in something is, is huge when you're injured rather than not being able to do anything. I mean, just even being able to get a stronger core or being able to do more with your upper body or pull a bit further in the pool, it's just so more motivating than not doing anything. Right. Um, apart from that, it's going to really help you get back and keep some cardio and keep you healthy. But it helps you get stay switched on in other areas too because you're feeling like a bit of an athlete still, right? right? You're, you're still working towards a goal rather than just oh, let go of everything and I'm just going to sit here. But you don't want to overdo it. I know with after my clavicle, I'm pulling in the pool now, but I don't want to overdo it and flare that up either. Mm-hmm. So it's just enough to get – and I think blood flow is amazing for the body, for the brain yeah. – everything um when I did my clavicle I had I went out hiking with people that I couldn't run with because when I was in training I had to stay on my heart rate I had to yeah. stay on my pace I was not going to walk with like jog with these, you know but it, it had built friendships because we hiked for hours and right. so I regrouped with people and oh you might have to ride slow so you go ride with one of your friends you don't usually get to ride with mm-hmm. and, and that was really helpful too but I just I think doing the little things every day um, will lead to you getting back faster and stronger and and in the long run you don't have time to do those little things when you're training for Ironman you've nice. got to swim you've got to bike you've got to run how do you have time to do strengthening all these little parts as right. well so take the time to do all that stuff we don't have time for like you can really utilize the time a ton yeah and I think it's about being smart like that
0: yeah Well, that's one of the things like the old sort of thing about smart goals, you know, needs to be Mm. specific, measurable and attainable. Right. So when you get injured and yeah, you sure you could could go five hours on the bike on a bike ride, no problem. Right. But now you can't, you've been injured. So you have to set goals that are attainable and it also works, right? Like, so you can say, okay, well, I'm going to go this pace at this race. And Mm -hmm. if that goes well, then I'll go this much faster at the next one. But if you don't achieve that goal, psychologically, it makes it very difficult for you to achieve your next goal. Right. So I would imagine with coaching, you have to talk a lot with your athletes about like, okay, well, what do you want to do? And what are the goals that we can set? to like, let you achieve one goal after another to get you to that end goal, like Tom qualifying for Worlds. He didn't do it in his first go, right? No, he's, you know, he's, this is not a new thing for him. He's been, I would imagine racing for a while and working toward that goal, but achieving lots of smaller goals along the way.
1: Yeah, and that's super important with the recovery from injury. I mean, I sat down like the week after this and I wrote out, all right, this week um, I'm on crutches. This week I'm on crutches but pulling in the pool. This week I'm on crutches but pulling in the pool and adding some core work. This week I'm um, going back to doctor to see if I can get off crutches. Yeah. And so in eight weeks time, I saw I'm back on my bike right. and I'm back, you know, starting to kick in the pool. And so I'm like, Hey, we're here. We're almost to this week, and we're almost to that week, and we're almost to this week. We nearly this week. Yeah. Soon, I'll be on my butt. And so, I I try and uh, do that with my athletes too, and and so they can see where it's going to end up. Yeah. When you're in the moment, oh wow, I can pull for thirty minutes in the pool. Wow, wow. Who cares? But okay, if I do this this week, in a few weeks, look where I'll be. I'll yeah. be doing four k again. You know. Exactly. So I think it's it's having little goals, but also seeing where you'll be down the road and knowing that you're going to get back there. And and if these things will lead to that rather than this is what you're doing. I think, yeah, definitely having goals to get back and, um, and seeing that, Mm -hmm. seeing where you're going to progress to. And also, but knowing that, you know, you might have to take some little side roads depending on the progress. But, um, I just think those, those steps are huge to be able to see for the athlete. Right. That's great. Um, so,
0: You know, sooner or later, one of your athletes is going to be injured, right? And they're going to get injured. And what if there was one piece of advice you could give them, for the people listening, what is the one piece of advice you would give them when they've been injured and they've had some big setback, they know they're not going to do their key race, they know they're just not going to be able to accomplish what they wanted this week, what do you tell them?
1: Tell them what I think is that what's really helped me is that every day is a day we don't get back. And so however you want to treat your next day is up to you. And so we can start working on the next goal or we can just stay here. And also that one day in the, this whole year isn't everything. Your journey, most of my athletes, some of my athletes that didn't race were my most, I was most proud of. Like yeah. every, if you just focus that your one day is that that race, and you forget about the other 364 days, you're missing a whole year. <laughs> you true. really are. You're missing a whole year because of that one day. And that one day doesn't come, doesn't mean that you don't celebrate how far you've come that whole year. I mean, some of them had been come from like made so much great ground that year, had some amazing training days, stronger than they ever thought they could be. And just because that doesn't go away, right. just because they didn't race that line doesn't mean they didn't do amazing things all year that they shouldn't be proud of. Right. And, and they quickly forget about all those things. They forget about the other 364 amazing days they had mm-hmm. um, once that, that one one day goes. And I know it's tough, but you're just re-emphasizing how on the positives that have come along the way, I think that's really key and that, you know, be um, – Be supportive. Just set the next goal and and show them where they where they can go from there. But I definitely think you know just focusing on when you change that thought to okay, I'm not going to get this day back. So let's make the most of every single day. So making the most of every day and you know just always working on the little things. It just makes a huge difference.
0: Thanks, (laughs) Melissa. That's great. Yeah, that's really great. So that is uh, super helpful. I'm sure that uh, the people listening will get a lot out of this and. Hopefully they uh, will get over their injuries and back to doing whatever they want. But like you said, you never get today back, right?
1: Right. Yeah, well, good luck with it all. All I'm coming back too. All right, Felicity. We can't wait
0: to see what happens next with you as soon as you're uh, off the crutches and back at it.
1: No, I think we'll write the best story ever yet.
0: Somehow I imagine you have a plan for that.
1: I have a plan. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thanks, Felicity. Thank you.